You're listening to DA Health Connect, where we connect you with Black health news. We talk racism, health disparities, and everything else dealing with public health. Now, here's your host, Dr. Desiree Jonas and Artavia Ingram. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's me, Miss Tay. And it's Dr. Des here. Yes, we are coming back to you all with a great article that we found um, with some great dialogue and discussion that we have. And hopefully you all will have this posted up on our um, social media so you guys can get a view of what we were discussing and you can go along with what we were talking about today. So our um, article for today is brought from the AMA. Uh, racism, racism is a threat to public health. Can we just pause on that? Oh, that's a duh. Like, we already knew that. <laughs> like, so we in 2020, y'all just realizing this is a threat? It's crazy. People just calling it out is what it is. Like, people always knew, but people are just now, like, saying, okay, let's call it out because the people mad and it's a lot of publicity behind it. But, okay, let's, let me, let's get all into that. We're going to get into it. I know it's all heated to a so if you haven't heard of it, so AMA is the American Medical Association. Um, basically, they are the largest uh, membership group for physicians. So doctors, medical students, they are an organization where they all come together, go to conferences, yada, yada, yada. It's been around since 1847. So they have definitely probably did some racism, which I'm sure they did because I didn't see an apology letter that AMA has written to black and brown people from excluding them. But that's not the point here. The point here is that they're doing good now and they're naming racism. Back on track. As a threat to health. Um, and this article, it was actually, I thought it was a really good article. Um, some of the major points that they made in the article, first was acknowledging that racism negatively impacts why certain races have overall better health outcomes than others. So that was one of their major kind of points um, in the article. And then they also mentioned that um, a big change in systems like and structural level changes are needed to actually correct the problems that racism um, has, you know, created within health inequities and different things in our in our world. Second was that race is a social construct, meaning that race is not biological there's no genetic code that you have or or whatever that says that you are black or white or asian or hispanic or whatever race is social construct and a political construct that the people made up basically and basically to classify people pretty much um and then the third point that we got out of that was um they wanted to make sure that they're identifying best practices for healthcare organizations to recognize, address, and mitigate the effects of racism on patients, providers, medical students, and populations. So that's kind of a big picture overview. They had a lot more in the article, and we're linking the article in our show notes. So you'll be able to kind of go to it and look at it as a reference if you want to read the whole thing. But I will go ahead and, and ask Ms. Tay, Tay. What do you think, what were your initial thoughts when you read the article, when you just first read it? Okay, just looking at the, the title, it's basically what I said when we first opened up this thing. Duh, like where have y'all been at? But then um, just going through the article, um, how they broke it down, and then having all this evidence that dated back from years ago showing that there is a problem. There is 
this has been a problem and showing that and we're now today now just trying to connect the gaps that's where we don't where i didn't understand and i think with the um with the article it did a great job with trying to break that down and then with the video that was included with that um it kind of got other people's perspectives and i like that the panelists kind of helped me connect those dots and so the article was great honestly i as soon as i got it i sent it to dr lee like hey, you need to read this because we talked about this in class. We talked about the critical race theory and how this theory has been designed, but we're not putting all the elements to those pieces. Like, what's the disconnect? Trump Ben talk about that on the federal level. He said, you do not bring up critical race theories to him. Don't bring up diversity and inclusion trainings to him don't do it so round of applause because he out now round of applause because he's out now so hopefully we got some people that are you know um science driven in this new political season that we're going into so mm -hmm. yeah i think that um you know one of the things that i feel like really really stuck out to me. And I would say one of the, this is one of the things that I found that I didn't really like too much about the article. One of their recommendations was to put more funding towards epidemiological studies to really look at racism and look at how it's affected. We already know, we already got the studies. We already got, you know, so much data, like whether it's from, and I mean, granted, yes, like I think there does need to be, of course, more research, more research, but when do we leave research and start doing and start like implementing the things that we're talking about? Because like you said, we have critical race theory. We have all of these other things in place. Like we have so many studies that are being produced and done on minority populations, yet what's the translation? How is, why is it not translating to the actual work that's going on in the world? Like, mm -hmm. I don't get why why can't our efforts be into putting things into practice instead of just doing the research and getting the numbers yeah so i've come to the conclusion that you know and i think i said this to you before that public health what we are now we're just fixing or trying to fix what could have been done a long time ago for one because we had the studies for it but two i think to your point about um what you didn't really like about that part. I thought that they made a great connection and I don't know if it was in the article or in the video, but when they were saying that for so many years, they used so many studies as a blanket. African-Americans and they use those few to like represent a bunch of people, which doesn't relate. And it doesn't relate. And so that's the problem that we're having, thinking that everything is a blanket Thing that can fix everyone and it's not like that and I think that someone made a great point um, to the fact that with um, minorities and stuff maybe just having a doctor but we knew that already having a doctor or a specialist that's going to know what we need there's drugs that are specifically for African-Americans that help us, but why are they not being prescribed? Or if they are being prescribed and they're FDA approved, 
what's 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 the hesitation on you know getting people to that and then they also talk about you know drug prices if drug prices are our issue why are we not lowering those drug prices you know what i'm saying so yeah i think i don't know um when they were talking you know in the video they did mention that um you know, when it goes to race being a social construct and not biological, like, you know, the guy, he made the statement, he was an Asian um, doctor and he made the statement like, you know, if I'm going to the doctor and I'm having trouble with my lungs, like then I'm having trouble with my lungs and I need help and I need all the help you can give me. I don't need specific help based on because I'm an Asian. Like right. there's no like, you know, genetic DNA or whatever to say like, oh, because you're Asian, you need this treatment because right. you're this treatment. I think that, you know, I feel like there are some medications that have proven based on studies to do well in certain um, populations and certain, just, just certain areas. But mm-hmm. I think that one, minorities aren't really included heavily in the research studies. Yeah. So there's barriers, so many barriers because even with this new COVID-19 vaccination, I think that, you know, talking to the people I know, my friends, my family, you know, they're like, no, nah, I ain't taking that. I'm not about to be a guinea pig. Because when you think right. about what we're talking about the other day, um, we're talking about like Tuskegee experiments and talking mm-hmm. about how in um, 2004, they experimented, um, they tested out AIDS drugs on foster care children. Mm-hmm. You know? All of these things created the mistrust within the health community and with minorities and people um, from underprivileged backgrounds because they use them as a test for, you know, to help whatever, to help the other pop- a greater population or whatever. They sacrifice them without their consent, you know, for that. So it creates so much mistrust. And I think that that's definitely one of the things that we need to be able to get over is that mistrust, but it's, it's a really big problem because how do you get over that mistrust um, and help them help people to see that, okay, we need you in this study because we need it to, to help people, but we don't trust healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we do that? And then is it, it makes it no better being in the day and age that we're living in where race is at an all time high more than ever. Um, so how do we get people to do those studies and stuff? Um, and can you blame them? Because I know a lot of people kind of chump it up to, oh, it's ignorance. Oh, you don't want to take it. You know, you're trying to, you're just one of those people that just don't want to um, protect themselves. They don't take flu shots and stuff. But can you really call it ignorance? Like you said, if we've had years, of years mistrust. of mistrust. So it's really not our fault. Yeah, I don't yeah I don't think like you said I don't think it's ignorance I think for some people maybe it may be but for majority of people I think it's just that overall mistrust with our healthcare system like you know and I think that we don't always see doctors that look like us you know mm-hmm. and I live in Atlanta so now I see so many doctors that look like me and I'm just oh, this is great. Like, all my doctors about to be black, you know? Yeah. When I lived in Tallahassee, um, you know, I had a white gynecologist. I had, um, you know, a white primary care doctor. But the waiting list for the black doctors was so long, I could, like, I couldn't be seen to, like, seven, eight months from, from now. Yeah. So 
I was like, dang, well, I got to go with somebody else because I need to be seen. So, you know, it's, of course, we know that African-Americans, we are the minority when it comes to medicine. You know, minorities are the minority in medicine as well. And we need more Black and brown people in medicine to be able to help people. But then you got people like um, Dr. Ben Carson, who we looked up to. <laughs> Just a disappointment. Yeah. Disappointment to the Black race. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, he's done some amazing things, you know. He did, but now do we trust him? Even exactly. him, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's now it's like, who do you trust? You can't even trust your own kind. Exactly. And I think that that's just, it's just because we see these people and they get, they're so big. So we see them on the news. This is who we see often. So that's who we associate as being a doctor. You know, I think that sometimes um, even people, it may play sometimes in people's mind that the white doctor may be better than a black doctor. Mm-hmm. Right? I've heard that before. Like, you know, who says that a lot more? The older generation. The older generation, like, you know, 65 and older, they're like, I want to see a white doctor because these these young Black people don't know what they're talking about. And so now it's just like, okay, so I think there needs to be more, um, again, back to what you're doing now, policy. Maybe we need to do more policies around um, implementing these things where people are understanding what they're getting themselves in, more just health literacy in the communities. How do we do that? Like, where is our solutions to all the missing pieces? And I don't think that we can cover it in an hour because it's just so much to do. We have um, steps that have been like taught to us and there's theories out there. There's, you know, processes um, that show like what you need to do to address racism and to achieve health equity. And I think like we're stuck at we're still at the first step. Like with this article with AMA, like they named racism. That's the first thing. That's a good, yeah, that's good. Cause how many times we've been to like conferences and they glaze over racism or don't even mention it. And it's just like, so, oh, I mention us in these. <laughs> Listen, sis, we were blessed to go to HBCU. And let me tell you why. Like I've had people, like multiple people tell me like they wanted to do, like their research project, they wanted to focus it in on black people and like whether it be black people and diabetes or black people and heart disease and their professors look at them like, well, why do you only want to focus on black people? What, what you mean? Do you not see the numbers and how many black people, like black people are dying like at double the rate from these things than white people? Like, why would we not want to focus in on black people? So I think, you know, to what I had said earlier, I think, you know, that is the reason why we need more research because I can see like in my space that I'm in, I know where to find the people and where to find the research because I went to HBCU and I know these people that are doing a lot of research in this area. However, I guess it's not as widespread probably mm-hmm. as it should be with the research. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't really you know, generalize it to black people as much because they're not really targeting and focusing on that population as much as they should be. Yeah, that's a good point. Um... I think that we may need to go back and even medical professionals need to go back maybe and like try to get 
re-familiarize <laughs> with what's going on because I do also feel like, and I think you just made a point to, I feel like sometimes medical doctors don't even understand the racism. And so they don't, if they don't understand it, how are we going to be safe in your hands and you're taking care of us? Mm-hmm. How are we, and especially me as a Black woman, um, in my childbearing ages, it's scary for me right now because I feel like you are in Atlanta. So you see black people everywhere you go. And that's that majority in that city. But here, like you said, we don't have those access to doctors. I just got a black GYN and it was by luck because every time I call up there, they told me, Oh no, she doesn't. She's only doing um, babies right now. Lo and behold, it was just the opposite. She was doing, um, you know, regular patients. She wasn't doing the babies anymore. She didn't want to do obstetricians anymore right now. So I'm just saying, we only have really one doctor in our city. How how are we going to get the medical and public health on the same accord? And I think that's the issue that everybody's not on the same accord and we need to get on the same accord. Well, that was one of the recommendations in the AMA paper too, um, talking about like undergraduate and graduate programs and medical schools and making sure that they're incorporating um, racism and they're breaking down um, race as, you know, they're looking at race as more of a social construct now and not as like biological, genetic or ancestral, whatever. They're looking at it more social and then they're changing like, are trying to, one of the recommendations now, I think somebody needs to make sure they're being held accountable to actually make these changes. And of course, change doesn't happen overnight. It'll be a gradual process, but making sure that they have classes on, you know, racism and how racism affects health. And it's not making sure that the conversation is not race, the conversation is racism. And I think that that's a big deal because race has gotten so much, like it's, you know, it's, it's so much, pe- so many people talking about actual race, like black people, white people, whatever. However, you know, the problem comes from racism, like health disparities and health problems don't come just because you're black. Mm-hmm. They come from that racism, that structural and systemic racism that has happened, that has caused this. It doesn't happen just because of your race. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the point that, you know, people need to, to get. And, I definitely think incorporating it into schools and um, making sure that that's part of the medical school curriculum and definitely the public health curriculum as, as well, um, that's major. Like I think that focusing in on health equity, health disparities is a big deal and should be treated as such. And then also how to solve the problem is something that I feel like sometimes is missing. I think that we get a lot of like, this is what the problem is and this is what's going on in this space, but it's no like, well, this is the steps that you need to do and make sure you implement to solve it. It's not as much as that being talked about, I feel like. I agree. I agree. Those are great points. So what's our takeaway from this? What are your takeaway from this whole thing? If you had to take away three, three points that needs to be addressed or that just stick to your heart. What do you take away from these articles? Um, I would say that one of the main thing I take away, I, I got out of that was that 
you know, we need to name racism. Like we need to be able to call out racism. And then one of the things I realized is that a lot of people don't know what racism is. Mm. Racism is somebody just calling the N word. And that is not really in a sense of what it is. You know, Mm. there's so many factors that have gone on in history stemming from, you know, slavery that have caused things to be the way that they are. And there's, when we talk about structural and systemic racism, you know, we're talking about the systems that have been set up, the policies that Mm -hmm. have been set up in our society that, you know, cause us to, to have these outcomes. And honestly, like, America is about money. Mm -hmm. Like, end of the day, America is about money. Who has the most money can pull the most weight, can pull the most weight. And it doesn't matter, um, kind of, essentially, it doesn't really matter who gets hurt in the process a lot of times. And a lot of times it's the minority community. But I think that definitely we're on step one, um, which is crazy because after all this time, all these years, even before we were born, we're just on step one now of being able to name racism. And I think that one is naming it, two is helping people to actually understand it at the mm-hmm. Because that's a barrier in itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once we kind of do those steps, then we can get on with trying to make sure that we're, we're making change and we're making lasting change by really influencing policies um, and things moving forward. So what about you? No, um, I think you made some great points. And before I forget, I think that maybe one of our episodes, maybe we need to take a step back and then like, enlighten everyone or you know just even enlighten ourselves on the background of racism because you made a great point everybody thinks that racism is a word or but they're not thinking about the social the structural uh, racism that was implemented whether it's our job our health field but when do we get health inequalities and all these things like when do we get that so I think that maybe one of our episodes we should just take a step back and talk about that. Let's talk about the history. Where does this come from? Why do we think this way? How can we get out of this mindset to try to make us move forward and get our black and minority brown people on the same accord? You get what I'm saying? That's what we're here for on our podcast. So, and then like you, like you were saying, just the points that you took away, I totally agree. It's just saying it like, this is racism and not having people to shift and get uncomfortable every time the conversation comes up because you can't work in the public health field if you can't address it. That's just, that's, that's just the point blank thing to it. And like you said, yes, America is an old white rich man that just <laughs> wants to get money. And we get that because we see it every day with our health. Um, our health and um, infrastructure, like um, policies, our health insurance and stuff, the bills that we get from just going to the um, emergency room, that's a lot on a person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand how that's linked back to racism too. Mm-hmm. So we need to address those things just to kind of put it out there. If y'all don't want to do it, we're going to do it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Girl, I'm with you. I think definitely I agree with you on that. We probably need to 
in one of our episodes, we definitely need to really break down how racism started and just kind of the different types of racism to mm-hmm. let people know like this is the this is what it is. So you'll know it when you see it. Cause I think that yes. especially the younger generation, like I've asked my little brother, you know, hey, do you think you've ever experienced racism before? And he looked at me like, nah. <laughs> and I was like, you are six five with dreads. <laughs> you have definitely experienced it. But sometimes, you know, it's so subtle that you may not even know it. Cause I've definitely experienced it where it's so subtle. And like being younger, I wasn't able, I didn't know that that's what that was. But now I'm older, I can look back and be like, well, dang, you know, that I missed that one. <laughs> trying to hold me back. Yeah. Full <laughs> <More> potential. <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that would be a great a great topic. But um, but yeah, now this article I think was great, and I think it provides a good foundation. And they put a lot of their next steps in there and recommendations. So you know, I'll be watching, and hopefully, you know, the world will be too, since they done put it out there to make sure that they're making steps in this. And honestly, their um chief health equity officer, she's a black lady. Um, and she's kind of awesome. Like I stalked her LinkedIn the other day. She, <laughs> she's kind of awesome. So shout out to her. <laughs> yeah, I forgot her name. I think it's, it's Dr. Alita, I think. Sorry, um, we getting that wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry for that. But she's awesome though. Um, and definitely check her out and check out this article and see what you can do to bring this article to your organizations and to just who you live with and just bring it up in discussion so we can have these discussions and they can continue and not just die at an article. I like it. I like that a lot. And I think that's, I think that's pretty much our, our episode for today, because I feel like that was a lot to unpack and it's so much still to unpack. And I think that we want to hear from you all too. Like, what do you have? What are your thoughts? We'll read a couple of messages if you all send us to us. If you need us to break down something, that's what we're here for. Um, but yeah, that I, I agree. I think that um, the next step starts with us. So here we are. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can get notified um, when we have new episodes. We're trying to do new episodes weekly um, Mm -hmm. for you guys. So let us know too. um, Like Tay said, like, what do you want to hear? Like, you have any questions for us? Is there something specifically you want us to talk about? Like, that's what we're here for. Like, we're going to bring out news, but we want you to bring us some stuff too. Um, So, all right. We're going to get y'all back your day. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Come back. See us soon. Bye, everybody.